Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Father, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that you gave your only begotten Son that we could have everlasting life. Thank you that you're with us today. Now, whatever the needs are in the lives of your people right now, I pray that you'll meet those needs. Those here in the sanctuary, those who are watching online, I intercede right now for each one of us. I plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. I plead the blood against every sickness, against every malady, against every disease in the name of Jesus. Whether it be physical, whether it be mental, whether it be social, I plead the blood of Jesus against every sickness and every disease, every affliction of the enemy we stand against now in the name of Jesus. And we speak victory in the lives of your people. We speak healing in the lives of your people. You took our sicknesses, you, you took our infirmities and you bore them on the cross. Thank you, God, that the penalty, the price has already been paid. The debt has already been settled for your people. God, we speak victory today. We speak victory today in the name of Jesus. We speak healing today in the name of Jesus. We speak deliverance today in the name of Jesus as we give you praise, as we give you glory, as we bless your name because you are God with us. We praise you, Lord. Now, God, I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit as I prepare to share the word that you've given to me. Your anointing destroys the yoke. Your anointing removes the burden. Release a fresh anointing now upon me, Lord, that I may speak your word with power and authority, with clarity, Effectively, Lord, release your anointing upon your people that yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. Cause us to hear today like we've never heard before. Cause us to hear today, God, that we will leave this place empowered and determined to do your holy and your divine will. Have your way now. Be glorified. Be glorified in this place, in our lives. Be glorified. God, we thank you now. We bless your name. We praise you right now. Since Jesus is mighty name. We pray and we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank the Lord for, again, for this opportunity to be in the house of worship. Amen. We thank uh, Minister Simon and Minister Milbury, amen, for ministering to us through pray, through song and praise and worship. And we thank the Lord for his presence. God is good, and God is greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, chapter 3, I'm sorry, chapter 3, reading verses 10 through 13. 1 Thessalonians. So good to see everyone this morning. As we get back around to uh, 
being acclimated to some of the things that we did before the pandemic. Uh, we had to stop gathering. I do want to wish all November babies <laughs> happy birthday. And of course, today is, is our son's birthday, and we definitely want to wish him happy 27th birthday today. We thank God for him. Thank God for all of you. So maybe we'll remember first Sunday to, to have a birthday to everybody in December. And anniversaries in November. Oh, yeah, I've got an anniversary coming up on Tuesday. The Lord is good. 30 years, 30 years of marriage. Thank God for my wife. Amen. Thank you. First Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning at verse 10. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for, and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. I want to talk today from the thought, living prepared for the Lord's return. Living prepared for the Lord's return. Father, again, thank you now. Have your way. Speak, Lord, for your servants here. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, yes, you may be seated. Of course, one of the things that, one thing that we do acknowledge is that we just celebrated Thanksgiving. Excuse me. We just celebrated Thanksgiving. And there's so much that we have to be thankful for and one of the things that we do recognize is that for us, Thanksgiving is not just a day, but it is a life that we live thankful every day. And I heard as I was listening to the radio yesterday, one gentleman talk about how so many times on Thanksgiving Day, we kind of go overboard with, with actions of Thanksgiving. And then the rest of the year, we kind of like wane off. But, but I'm thankful every day. Amen. I'm thankful every day. One of the things that I'm very thankful for is the love that God demonstrated to me or to us, but I'm going to make it personal right now, to me by giving his son Jesus Christ uh, to become the atoning sacrifice for my sins. Amen. He took my place on that cross. Well, I deserve death for my sins. Jesus died for me. He took my place. He took my place. The law of God says that death is required for sin. The soul that sins shall surely die. But Jesus became the perpetuation for my sins and for your sins and for the world. So I'm, I'm thankful and thinking about that and realizing that, that he is coming again to receive his own unto himself. I'm even more thankful because that means that I will be in that number. I'm one of the ones that he will receive unto himself and who will live eternally with him and will reign with him. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I hope that you're thankful for that as well. This concept of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to receive his own unto himself is 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 really the, the focus of the Advent season. Praise the Lord for uh, Brother Kenton and the, and the selections chosen for this morning because we've entered into the church season of Advent. And we, we're not expecting Jesus to come as a baby born in Bethlehem. We, we are anticipating him coming as a conquering king coming to judge the world, coming to 
to, to as I said, receive us unto himself and all that's surrounded and involved in that, in that focus. So Advent focuses not on the birth, but on the return of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to encourage believers to prepare for that day that he spoke about. So as, as we're in this season, we're here to encourage us to be prepared for that day. And, and, and as we t- will talk through the message, you will see, if you don't already see, why it's so important for us to be encouraged, uh, to, to stay prepared, to live in readiness for the Lord's return. In Acts chapter 1, as you remember, after recommissioning the disciples, if you will, uh, he, he was taken up before, right in the, their very presence. The scripture says, before their very eyes into heaven. And as they were standing there gazing up into the heavens, two men appeared, and we, we, the Bible doesn't say it, but we know that they were angels that appeared. And we've been, as a matter of fact, we've been talking about angels in our Wednesday night Bible study, and that's been a very good discussion. Now we're getting ready to talk about demons, the evil angels. So good for you all to join us in these discussions. Two men appeared dressed in white and said to them, men of Galilee, why are you standing here gazing up into the heavens? For this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into the heavens. Amen? He's coming back again. Since that very day, Christians have been looking for and living in anticipation for the Lord's return. Now, now I believe that the early church uh, probably anticipated that more than many of us do today because I don't know that a lot of us live today thinking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why encouragement is so important in this day that, that, that we live in. Amen. Uh, so that we can be reminded that Jesus is coming again. He, he is coming again. So, 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 and, and, and we see this reminder and, 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 and even in the text that's chosen for today, because at the end of this, at the end of this text, and I'm going to come back to it, so I won't read it all right now. Um, um, at the end of this text, he talks about the Christians being holy and blameless. Um, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, or basically being holy and blameless when Jesus comes again. And all of us know that, you know, it's like, you know, somebody comes to your house unexpectedly. You haven't kept your house clean. What you going to be doing? You're going to be running, moving stuff, wiping stuff down, trying to get, get it fixed up for that person that's coming to your house, you know. Especially if it's a stranger, you know, you know. So, but if you live in readiness, you know, and, 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 and this thing about Christ's, the Lord's return is that we really, when he comes, we're not going to have time to get ready. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to have time to get ready. When he comes, there won't be time for repentance. No, no, no. There won't be time even to say, I'm, I'm sorry and, and, and for the things that I've done. So we have to live we have to live in readiness. Why you say there won't be time? Because in Matthew, um, and I'm jumping around in my scriptures that, that the Lord gave me to write down, but, but in, in the book of Matthew chapter 24, one of the things that it says about Christ's return is that it will be like lightning as the lightning flashes from the east to the west. And all of us know when lightning flashes, we don't hear it coming. It just comes and we see it and it's gone. It's going to be quick. It's going to be fast. So, so the thing about Jesus' return is that people will not have time to get ready. We have to live in readiness. We have to live in readiness. Now, for the early church, for the early believers, and when we say early church, we're talking about the church that was established on the day of Pentecost. All right. And uh, so just to be clear for everybody, most of us know that, but they expected Christ's return to be imminent, which meant that many of them expected Jesus to return before they died. They expected to experience this in their generation. 
Now, here we are thousands of years later, and Christ has not returned, okay? And, and so we have encouragement in scriptures not to lose hope because Jesus is coming again, amen? But one of the points of scripture, as we study the scriptures and we see the, we see the, 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 the verification of prophecy, we see prophecy coming true. We see the things prophesied by the prophets of the Old Testament coming to pass, and some of them coming to pass in the New Testament, even with the prophecy of Christ that was prophesied way back in the book of Genesis. We see it coming to pass in Jesus. So, so one of the things that we learn as we study the scriptures is that because the Lord may take a long time in fulfilling prophecy does not mean that it will not be fulfilled. God's time is not our time. Amen. Amen. God does not move according to our calendar nor according to our clocks. God moves in his own time. And, and because we've seen prophecy fulfilled, the prophecy of, of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ again to judge the world will be fulfilled. And we can never lose sight of that. Because once we lose sight of that, we lose part of the motivation to live holy. And to stay prepared. Amen. Amen. So, so for the early church, amen, in verse 4, chapter 4, verse 16, they are, Paul had written to them to encourage them to remain faithful. So in chapter 4, verse 16, he says, For the Lord himself, 2 Thessalonians, I think that's, that's 2 Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. King James says with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now the, the Thessalonians were concerned that those people who died before Jesus returned, that they may miss out. So Paul is writing to encourage them to know that they're not going to miss out. No, no, no believer will miss out. So he says the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we, so will be with the Lord forever. Then he says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. So don't get discouraged because Jesus has not come. He's coming again. And we are to encourage each other in every generation. We are to encourage each other with these words. Amen. Across centuries, across the centuries, believers have looked for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believers have tried to figure out when the Lord will return. Amen. Even, even, even in 2021 with the coronavirus and well, all of the foolishness in church prophecy. That's why you can't believe all of these prophets. Now listen, the foolishness in church prophecy said that Barack Obama was the Antichrist. That was a foolishness and racist church prophecy. Even in the church, even with believers, people can be racist and miss God. Amen. One of the reasons I stopped watching all these people on television is because of the, the erroneous doctrines and the erroneous prophecies that have gone across the airways that has engendered and pushed racism in the church. All these QAnon people and all of these Christians that have fallen into that QAnon trap and believed all of these conspiracy theories about the coronavirus. Erroneous teaching, erroneous doctrine, saying that this is the end. Jesus said himself, no man knows the day nor the hour. He said, not even me, not even the angels know. Only the Father knows the day or the hour when the Lord will return. So down through the centuries, people have been trying to figure out what God never gave to us to figure out. Study prophecy. And you will see, people have talked about America not being a part of, of, the, of the, the situation that would happen with Armageddon and, and, and China and Russia and, and, and all of these other places. And some of that may have a hint of truth in it. But if Jesus said, no man knows the day 
nor the hour. He said, not even me, not even the angels. Then how do people in this generation with their smart selves, how are they able to figure out when the Lord will return? It's not given to us. What is given to us is the word of God to keep us prepared so that whenever the Lord returns, we'll be ready. You see, when you know when the day and the hour is going to be, then you can wait until close to that day and hour and get ready. But when you don't know, you have to stay ready. Can someone say stay ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stay ready, stay ready. Yeah, yeah. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 33 through 44, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Uh, yeah. Let me, let, me, let me qualify something I said earlier. I do not despise prophecy. I do not discount prophecy. Prophecy is true when the Lord gives it. But when we start being racist in our prophecy, when we start prophesying stuff that's not, that we can't find a witness to in the word, because the word is part of our witness, and prophecy today, the foretelling of the word of the Lord has to be lined up with scripture. Amen. And even though you can find somebody who will witness to you, you can find someone who will agree with what you say. But does it agree with the word? Amen. Now you say, well, Bishop, you limiting prophets to the word. That's what we're limited to. We're limited to this word. We're limited to this word. Whenever we go beyond the word, amen, we've gone out of the will of God. And I really am not concerned who disagrees with me about that because that's the truth. Our witness is in the word. If we stay in the word, if we stay in the confines of the word, the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you beyond the confines of the word of God. He may give you revelation and insight, but he doesn't lead you beyond what he's written. He is the author of scripture, and he is not going to lead you beyond what he's written so that you can lead people astray. Amen. Join us in our studies. You will see so many people have been led astray by people who've gone beyond the word of God. Amen. So nobody knows. He said, so you must also be ready. Amen. Revelation 16 and 15 says, look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so that so as not to go naked and be, a, be shamefully exposed. Now, he's not talking about being physically naked. Here, he's talking about being spiritually naked. Well, you're not prepared for the Lord's coming, and you're exposed, and you are shamed. Amen? Amen. Considering this, even today when we begin this Advent season, we are reminded to be prepared for the Lord's return. Be prepared for the Lord's return, live prepared for the Lord's return. As I was, as I was meditating upon this, the Lord led me into the scripture that we, we have in, 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 for our text today, and where Paul says, night and day, we pray most earnestly that we see, your, see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Make it possible that we can get to you, all right? And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we are bound in love for you. And may he strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all the saints. Amen. When I looked at that, there were some things in here that spoke to us about being ready, being prepared. And this is, this is not everything, okay? But these things that the Lord showed me from this text spoke to us about being ready. Now, now one thing is for sure, okay? The Lord is not talking about 
us sitting around doing nothing but folding our arms and waiting on his return, which is really what we would like to do. You know, we would like to have vacation 200 and 100 and how much is half of 165? How much is half of 365? 182 and a half days a year and maybe work the other 182 and a half days. Maybe. Because we, we really like enjoyment. We like relaxation, don't we? We can get home in the evening, take your shoes off and put your feet up, you know, in your recline and sit back with a glass of cold water or water without ice. Or iced tea, a lemonade. And for those of you who like Coca-Cola and Pepsis and Mountain Dews and all that stuff, we like to sit back, just enjoy life. We call that, when it comes to work, most of us don't want to work. Amen. We don't. Amen. As much as I love preaching, sometimes I just don't, I prefer to stay in the bed on Sunday morning. That's, that's me. All right. That's, that's the flesh speaking. And we're human beings. Oh, Bishop, you don't want to preach to us? I've been preaching to you all for how many years? <laughs> oh, Lord, thank God for those who made some changes. As, 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 one, as one lady said one time, God sent y'all, she said, God sent pastors to preach to sheep and he found out he had some goats in the midst. But that's all right. You take the bitter with the sweet and keep on going because there is a reward at the end of this journey. Amen. Amen. But, but, but we, we would love to sit around, but that's when the, not what God has called us to do. This is not what he's talking about. He's not talking about us sitting around doing nothing, just sitting back, relaxing, waiting on his return. Go to the window every once in a while and see if you see a flash of lightning flashing across the sky. See if that's Jesus. Well, you missed him if that was him. He's not talking about us being lazy. He's not talking about a lethargic group of people who get no work done for the kingdom. He's talking about a group of people. He's not even talking about a group of people who go to church and sing and dance and enjoy what we say is the presence of the Lord. Sometimes it's the presence of music and good music and good singing. Sometimes, not all. Many times it's the presence of the Lord. But, you know, we, we've seen situations where, you know, the music is right. Folk have a good time. Yeah. When you get a certain point in the, in the service and the, and the musician does that, doom, doom, doom. You know what's about to come next. <laughs> Amen. We've seen that in our churches. But that's not what God is talking about. Amen. Amen. When the scripture talks about us being ready or prepared for the Lord's return, the scriptures are talking about people who are daily engaged in the Lord's work of worship and witness. Amen. Because our, our, our worship involves our work. Our worship, we don't want to think of it as work, but, but, but worship is in, involves our work. Amen. And it involves our witness. Praise the name of Jesus. If we truly worship God properly, it pushes us to work. Amen. When we really love the Lord, and I'm not talking about just worshiping on Sunday. When our lives are consumed in worship, it pushes us into the work of ministry. Amen. There's no such thing as a lazy Christian in reality. Now, if you're lazy, there's something wrong with your, with, your, with your faith walk. Yeah. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, there's something wrong with your faith walk. Amen. And your witness can somebody say witness? Why is it that we don't see churches growing more than they grow? Because of lack of witness to the lost. Now, we, we will grow with people transferring from church to church. That means that one church grows and another church wanes, you know. But witness to the lost, to those who don't know Jesus. You remember the parable that Jesus told when he invited people to a feast and they went to the people and nobody came? And he said, the Bible says the Lord of the house became angry. And he said, go into the streets, go into the lanes, amen, find the, the blind, the halt, the lame, and bring them into my house that my house may be filled. And, you know, when we look at that scripture, we see that a lot of times we won't witness to people if we witness. We won't witness to the drug addicts. 
We won't witness to the homeless. You know, we'll witness to people that kind of look good. You know, they're taking a bath. You know, they put on some deodorant at least and maybe some cologne and perfume, perfume and dress decent. We might go to them. But, but that's, not, that's not the essence of the Lord's kingdom. Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost, whether they were rich, whether they were poor, whether they looked good, whether they didn't look good, whether they smelled good, or whether they didn't. Do you think that that demoniac in, in, the, in, in the cemetery had taken a bath? We don't see demoniacs regularly. But when I'm on the mission field, I see people regularly who are out of their mind, so to speak. And I see the way that people react to them. I was, I was in one particular place, and, and, and this man was an alcoholic, and, and I mean, he was literally just in a bad condition. And, 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 the, and the Christians, the young Christians, even the pastor of the church was kind of picking fun at him. I looked at him and I said, I said, don't do that. That is a man who is created in the image and likeness of God. That man deserves your attention, deserves your love, deserves your witness to him. What Christians will do is that once we get cleaned up, once we get straight, we will forget where we came from. And we will look down our noses at other people. Amen? Not all of us, but a lot of us will. And so our witness, we have to remember what the Lord has taught us through example. Amen? A witness. A witness to those who are, who are, who are the least among us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is what the scripture is talking about, that we, that, we, that we are engaged in the Lord's work of worship and witness as we eagerly anticipate his coming again. So this text helps us out here. It helps us out with this. Amen. And, and, and I want us to look at this and, and, and walk through this just for a moment. So, so Paul really right into this to the church in Thessalonica, when you begin to read from the beginning to the end, Paul really commends this church for their faith. He commends this church for their faith in the midst for their faith in the midst of the things that they've gone through in their lives. They had really been been afflicted, been persecuted. Amen. This is a young church that Paul has, has planted. He has not had a lot of time to spend with them, and so he sends Timothy back to minister to them. Verse chapter three, verse one begins to talk about him sending Timothy, and then he even writes this letter to encourage them in their faith. This is this is Paul really showing care for the churches, you know. And when I read this, you know, I think about what I, what what the Lord is, and I'm not saying this to kind of elevate me, but just so you know what I try to do for the churches that we plant. You know, what we started is, is a Zoom meetings with, with our churches and, and uh, you know, doing, sending the lessons that we teach here, sometimes sending sermons that I preach to the young pastors there to encourage them in their faith, to encourage the believers in their faith. If you plant a church and you can't take time to stand, to stay there with that church and, and, and build that church up, that church will go lacking. Amen. That church will go lacking. When I was working on my doctorate, one of my plans was to develop a to develop a model so that when a church is planted, we at that time the ministry I was working with had they had a good uh, evangelistic ministry. They were planting churches, but they would put the most. Uh, maybe studied person, the person who could read the most or whatever, not necessarily the most spiritual person or the person who understood the scriptures mostly, but they would put that person over the church until they were able to send the pastor there. Well, the Lord laid it on my heart to develop a model so that they would have to train that person that they left in charge of the church because you can't start a, a new work and put a novice over that work. Amen. If that, if that person you put over the work doesn't have a foundation, then what they're teaching, what they're trying to teach is going to be off base. Amen. 
Now, over the years, I've developed, we have developed that model, and we're able to use that to, to uh, that's why I need to go back and finish my doctorate, because I've already done all of the work that I needed to do. I just hadn't done the paperwork and gotten my degree, but the Lord give me grace next year, so, uh, amen. But, 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 so, so Paul has planted this church, uh, as he's planted all these others, he's not had a lot of time to spend that with them. Okay, but he also knows that they need to be encouraged so that they don't fall away from the faith. So he writes to them, and in this text here, it gives us some direction as to how we can live prepared for the Lord's return. The first thing I notice in this text, Paul says to them, as he talks about praying for them night and day, Amen. He prays that he'll be able to go back to them, to minister to them. Are you following me in the scriptures? Uh, verse 10, night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again. So why does he want to see them again? And supply what is lacking in your faith. Amen. So, so as I said, he started this work. He sent Timothy, he's written this letter. He longed to see them again Face-to-face is one thing to write a letter, but it's another thing to communicate face-to-face. I know we live in a generation where people love texting. Sometimes I get tired of texting. I want to talk to you. So I pick up the phone and give you a call. I want to hear your voice. Amen? It's something... I want to see your face, amen? It's something about, you know, we did this virtual worship and it was wonderful. It was a wonderful substitute when we couldn't gather, but there's something totally different about us meeting face to face, amen? As much as I enjoy teaching Bible study online, I would much rather teach face to face. I'd much rather be in a classroom setting, a sanctuary setting, and teach you face to face so that I can communicate even more what I'm talking about. And then you can give me some immediate input so I understand, so I know that you understand what I'm talking about. Amen? So, so he's written these letters to them, but it's still not enough. It's still not enough. Amen. If you would read chapter 4, verses 1 through chapter 5, verse 22, Paul begins to lay out these deficiencies, amen, in his converse understanding of their new faith. So, so he's saying, I want to supply, I want to make up what's lacking in your faith. Didn't mean that they didn't have faith, like we have faith, but then we need to teach you so that we can make up the deficiencies that's lacking in your faith. That's the whole purpose of teaching and preaching. If the only thing I did was come in here and hoop on Sunday morning, if I developed this wonderful tune and I knew how to modulate, amen, from key to key, amen, and excite you and we danced every Sunday, amen, and we ran around the church and we threw, 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 threw coats and cloaks, amen, and jumped over the pews. When you left the sanctuary, you would not be built up in your faith. So Paul says that he wants to see them again face to face so that he can supply or restore whatever is lacking in their faith. Saints, today we need, we need to have restored what's lacking in our faith because there are things lacking in our faith. Amen. In 2021, 2021, about to go into 2022, when you look over the church world, there are things that are lacking in people's faith. One thing is because a lot of people don't read the Bible anymore. A lot of people don't study the Bible anymore. We've raised a generation of children who are not rooted and grounded in the Word. Amen. We grew up in Sunday school. Even if our teachers didn't teach the best, they taught what they knew of the Word, and we got the Word. Amen. When I went to, to, to college, I majored in religious studies. Amen. And one of the things that blessed me in majoring in religious studies when I sat in those classrooms, even though there were, there were not, there were some things that I had never been exposed to and some things I did not know, I had a foundation in the word. I knew who Jesus was. Amen. I knew the biblical stories. A lot of scriptures, even at, at 18 and 19, I had already memorized. When I went to seminary, and I've said this to you before, a friend of mine came into the cafeteria one day. He said, Doc, they've taken my Jesus away from me. And I said to him, if they took your Jesus, you didn't have Jesus when, he, when you came. 
You don't go to seminary to find Jesus. You should have found him before you got there. You should have known him before you got there. You should have been rooted and grounded in your faith before you got there. In 2021, amen, with all of the philosophies around, with all of the different religions around, amen, people with all of the errors that have an erroneous doctrine that has infiltrated the church, we need to be about restoring what is lacking in people's faith. This prosperity doctrine has hurt the faith. Even, 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 even the faith movement has hurt the faith. Now you say, you say, Pastor, how in the world can you say that? Well, we were taught things that we shouldn't have been taught. And the Lord has a way. Amen. The Lord has a way of reminding us when we say things is out of order, it's out of line. You know, this naming and claiming thing, just because you name it and claim it doesn't mean it's yours. Why are you going to go by somebody's house that they live in and you like it and you're going to name that and say that's mine? So why is God going to put that person out of the house to put you in it? God's not going to operate like that. Why are you coveting that person's house? You might like it. Lord, give me grace and finances so I can build something like that. I'll use the pattern but I don't want what belongs to somebody else. You know, this naming and claiming stuff. Come up through the faith movement. That's not according to the word of God. Teaching you that you don't, if you're born again, then you're not supposed to be sick. Well, we live in a, in a world where sin has invaded the world. Through Adam, amen, sin came into the world. Now, Jesus restored what Adam lost, but it doesn't mean that we're not, that we don't suffer the consequences of our sin. Amen. So if we get sick, we can look to Jesus and pray for healing. Doesn't mean that he's going to do it. He may not heal us on this side, but we have healing that will come on the other side. So we need restored what has been lacking in our faith. Remember what Jude wrote? Jude uh, chapter, he's chapter, Jude verse 3. He said, I was going to write to you about our common salvation, but I found it needful for you to write to you about the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. You see, the church had already slid away from the true foundation, from the true faith, because of all of the erroneous teaching that had gone on. So if we're going to live prepared for the Lord's return, we've got, to, we've got to have restored to us what is deficient in our faith. Amen. What is deficient? Deficient because things have been taught wrong, and that's what we've been trying to do here. We've been trying to help people get back on track, trying to teach sound doctrine. Some people think they already got it, but that's okay. Yeah. Then he prays. Then he prays. He prays uh, that, that, that the Lord, he says, that the Lord may increase and abound, may make you, that the Lord may make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. So we're going to live in readiness for the Lord's return. We need the Lord to increase us in love and make, make us increase in love and make us abound in love for one another, first of all. You know, Christians go around and say, I love everybody. Well, it's easy to say I love everybody when you don't have to deal with everybody face-to-face, one-on-one. But sometimes when you got to deal with people face-to-face, one-on-one, it gets to be more difficult. And I, and, and since iron sharpens iron, I believe the Lord places some difficult people in our lives to teach us how to love everybody. Yep. Teach us how to love everybody. You see, there's a problem in the church with us loving everybody. And I'm not talking about just tabernacular praise. I'm talking about the church world. I don't know. 
I could be very wrong. I'm making a judgmental statement. But I kind of believe that since we live in the Bible Belt, that those men who shot and killed Ahmaud Arbery went to somebody's church. Or they claim to be Christians because most people in the Bible Belt claim to be Christian. How does a Christian hunt, judge, hunt down, chase, box in, and kill an innocent man? But it just didn't start with a mod Aubrey. That's an extreme case. That's an extreme case. I was watching, uh, one day I was sitting down, my wife and I, because I like to watch old shows, you know, the gun smoke and and, uh, you know, the, the Waltons and those old shows, you know. And I was sitting there one day watching, and I said, you know what? We grew up enjoying these shows. And more than likely, these people didn't like us, the color of our skin. A man died yesterday. And I looked, I watched, and I know... Thank God for transformation. And he's this famous musician, whatever. I don't think he lived in the United States. Yeah, he did live in the United States. I don't remember his name. And I was just paying attention to the beginning of his life and recording and what have you and music and what have you. And I only saw all white. I didn't see any black people. Now, later on, I saw a production that he did. At least he had one black person on the, on the, on the stage. And we'll say, well, that was the time that we lived in. But the gospel, Jesus came before we ever came to the United States of America. The gospel, the Bible was written before Europeans left Europe and went to Africa and went to other places. The same the same gospel. This wasn't written in the 20th century. So that, and, 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 and for this, and even in our own community now, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking outside the community, but let me go in our community. You know, I grew up with people not like, families not liking each other. I know, I know what that's like. I grew up seeing people who held grudges in their hearts against other people. I'm not talking about people outside of the church because in Blair, South Carolina, most people went to somebody's church or they were at least baptized at some point in their lives. That's why when folk die, they want to go back to the church cemetery and get buried. That's my church. They may not have supported the church for 50 years, but that's still my church. I laugh at people today, and I said this once before. I said, you know, I need to back off of this. But people still call me their pastor. And they're not paying tithes here. <laughs> but I'm their pastor. They don't support the ministry, but this is their church. And that's the concept. But, but, but beyond that, just seeing how people in the church relate to each other, and yet we will say, we love each other. We love everybody. Seeing how people will stay in each other's business, not to pray for people, but just to be nosy. Just to keep up mess going. But we will say we love the Lord and we love each other. Paul says that if you're going to live in readiness, for the Lord's return, he prayed that the Lord, he commended them for their love, but he prayed that the Lord will make their love increase and abound more and more for one another. You see, we have to love each other. We have to forbear with one another in love. I pray that God will heal our hurts and heal our hearts and heal our pains so that we can go back to loving each other. And love each other more and more. The Bible says God is love. 
Are you listening? God is love. The Bible says the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if you love one another, all men will know that you are my disciples. Love is a badge of discipleship. It's how people know that we are followers of Jesus. So we have to be checked by the Holy Ghost has to be put in our spirits. And he will do it if we will listen. When we say things and we have feelings and emotions about other people that don't line up with love. We must love one another, saints. We must love one another. As I've been praying about 2022 and what God will have us do, one of the key things that the Lord has placed in my spirit is that we must love one another. Here in Tabernacle of Praise, we've got to love one another. Loving one another does not mean me just loving you, amen, and me being careful about my actions toward you, but it also means you being careful about my actions, about your actions toward me and loving me, amen. We've got to love one another more and more and more. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. So people don't know that I'm the Lord's disciple because I walk around with a cross around my neck. People know that I'm the Lord's disciple because of the love I have for one another or for, for each, for others. You got me. You know what I'm talking about. But then he says, it's not just for one another. Remember I talked about the work? You know, it's not just us loving one another, but loving one another is going to push us because we love God. It's going to push us to love all people. So he prayed that their love would be increased, that God would make their love increase and abound for all people. You see, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to every people group on the face of the earth and before Jesus returns. And the thing that will push us to preach the gospel or to be the witness that God wants us to be is the love of God that's been poured out in our hearts when we begin to love souls like God loves souls. How does God love souls? It is not his will that anyone perish but that all come to repentance. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. One of the things about the Thessalonian churches that that love was so great for one another, amen, that love for, for God, that love for the word, is that their, their, their witness, their testimony had been spread throughout all of that region. People were talking about this little church because their reputation for loving God and loving people had spread. So when you see a person lost, and no thought ever comes across your mind to witness to that person. You got to check out your love for God. Even if you're not in a position to say something to that person, you can pray for that person. Maybe the Lord didn't send you to that point for that particular thing, but you certainly can pray for that person. Because that, your love for God and the love that's, that's stirred in our hearts for one another pushes us that, that I can't just love my fellow believers. I've got to love all people. I've got to love Muslims. I've got to love Buddhists. I've got to love Hindu. I've got to love them. I've got to love the drug addict. Amen? I've got to love the homosexual. I've got to love the lesbian. I've got to love, I've got to love People caught up in all other types of perversion. I've got to love them because if I don't love them, I will never share the gospel with them. Hmm. Yeah. Then finally, finally he prayed that the, that the Lord would so strengthen your hearts in holiness 
that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Jesus is coming again. And so he prayed for the church. He prayed for the believers there in Thessalonica. And we read the same words today, today, today. Hallelujah. That God will so strengthen our hearts in holiness that we will be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for our justification by faith in Jesus. But we can't stop right there. Sanctification means that we clean ourselves up. Yeah, we stand righteous before God in Jesus, but you got to live every day. How you living every day? He was talking about daily living. You know, as much as we clean ourselves up, we'll never get completely clean. And, and we rest in our justification in Christ. But, 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 but what our sister Lord saying to us is, there's work that we need to do in our lives, that we live holy. And people don't want to live holy today. People don't want to make a difference between the clean and the unclean. But God makes a difference. He says, be holy, for I am holy. And we're challenged today. We're challenged today to live holy and do everything we can to be blameless. Whenever the Lord comes, we want to be blameless. Now, now, now that's a challenge because remember, no man knows today. No man knows the hour when the Lord is going to return. He's coming as a thief in the night. So then we got to be ready because he may come and we'll come at an hour and a time when we don't know. So we won't have time to get holy. Revelation said, let him that is holy be holy still. Him that is righteous, let him be righteous still. But he that is unholy, let him be unholy still. He was unrighteous, let him be unrighteous. Because you will not have time to get ready. To get ready. You won't have time. Live prepared for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He could come tomorrow. We don't know. He could come next year. We don't know. We've been waiting. We've been looking. We don't know when he's coming. But the thing that we know is that we must live in readiness. Going about our daily occupations, yes. Using our gifts and our abilities, yes. Progressing in life, yes, but living in readiness for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every opportunity the Lord gives you. God has, God has placed you and placed us in places to use us for his glory. That's a part of living in readiness for the Lord's return. Be used wherever you are. Be used. It's a part of living in readiness. It's a part of living. We're working to restore what is lacking in our faith. We pray that God may increase us, increase and abound us in love for one another and for everyone. Cannot leave out that everyone. And that God will so strengthen our hearts in holiness that we'll be blameless before our God at the coming of our Lord Jesus when he comes with all of his saints. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you 
that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void. It will accomplish what you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us. Thank you for reminding us that we need to live prepared for your return, for your coming again. You told us in your word. Your word is true. You watch over your word to perform it. At your appointed time, you'll come again. Help us to be ready. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I pray that the word of the Lord today has, has encouraged your hearts. And if there is anyone who doesn't know Christ today as Savior and Lord, that you will give your life to him. The only way that a person will live eternally with the Lord in heaven is that they receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except he come by me. Word of God says there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That's the name of Jesus. This Jesus that was taken up and his disciples saw him up into the heavens, the same Jesus is coming back again to receive us unto himself. Be ready. If you're not saved, the only way you can be ready is to receive Christ and live for him. Sometimes people wonder and worry about the living part. Well, that's why God has given us his Holy Spirit. As we learn to trust him, he helps us in this process. Give your life to Jesus. If you're not saved today, Christ is calling you to come to him and be saved. Will you accept today? This is a personal invitation to you through me from the Lord. Jesus died for you. Jesus paid the price for your sins. Jesus is calling you to come to him. Will you accept that invitation today? If you're in the sanctuary or if you're watching online and you want to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, Pray along with me. I'll lead you in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I can't save myself. Lord, because of my sin, according to God's word, I deserve eternal death. But Jesus, you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that. I accept that today. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you today, Jesus. I accept your sacrifice and I receive you today as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. 
Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.